quiet, quiet. And he's got to send some lackey up there to crank it up every once in a while so it doesn't go out. Hey, maniacs! <laughs> First of all, I want to make sure everybody can hear us. So if you could chat that you can hear us. And we are already completely blown away by how many people are here. And people from Australia, it's four in the bloody morning there. Like, <laughs> that's insane. So we just need an audio check to make sure everybody can hear us, which they should be able to. And then we can go on from there. Yes, they can hear us. Yes. Hey. So yay, maniacs. <laughs> Welcome to the 100th episode of Midsummer Maniacs. 100 episodes. I, I'm equally surprised by that. Absolutely As I am insane. by how many people are in the chat from all over the world. It is so wonderful to see you guys. I was telling Mark, I kind of felt like like an adolescent having a big birthday party and hoping that my friends show up. <laughs> so it's so good to see all of you. It's and, amazing. And yes, they have indeed shown up, which is just absolutely fantastic from all over the world. Finland, Iceland, Romania, Australia, U the USA, you are up in the middle England, of the Hull, Canada. <laughs> I cannot believe how many people are here. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad that uh, you're here. We're going to have lots of fun yeah, today. Absolutely. And I just want to start out by saying, hey, maniacs. Hey, maniacs. <laughs> Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, and the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. Welcome to our live show. We're doing this live from our house in Bloomington, Indiana. And this is our first live stream. So forgive us if we have any technical difficulties. They're bound to happen. They're, they're bound to happen, but hopefully you hear us all well and everything's being recorded. So this will be on here for replay if you want to watch it on replay and then the episode I'll clean up all our ums and ahs and all that <laughs> stuff and put that episode out too if you want to relive the experience audio wise and if you're listening to this as just a podcast after Monday when Mark releases it you could have been here live and had all the fun with us why is Sarah's screen wider than Mark's? Well, Sarah's My camera special. has a different resolution. Yes, Sarah's special. <laughs> and she gets a wider camera. <laughs> I need more space. I don't know. I need more camera. I'm, I'm, our, I'm worried that our kids are going to come through the door and be like, why can't we be on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Just off the top, remember this is a spoiler podcast so if you haven't seen this episode we're going to spoil it completely i i actually really like this episode I, I, do thought, too. I thought it was a lot better than i remembered it and for this event specifically i want to announce that on our store on spreadshirt which is always linked in the show notes and i'll put a note out on monday on monday tuesday and wednesday of this week you can get shirts like this for 20% off. 
20 percent that's the biggest discount they'll let us put on it that's the biggest we already saw them at the minimum price yeah uh we wanted to to do that for people especially you guys who tuned in it's just amazing that you're all here and we're so pleased and we're going to absolutely involve you guys in this discussion. Somebody just said it looks like there's a person over your shoulder. Uh, it's part of our Halloween decorations, which are not up yet. But uh, no. as per always, I'll post pictures of the Halloween decorations when they go up. We do Halloween up. The whole neighborhood turns out to see our Halloween decorations. And I so. run out of space in the garage as I build stuff. So things end up in our library here behind me. So what you're seeing is a ghost made out of saran wrap and packing tape. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this is episode 100. Yes. The deaths of Copenhagen. Okay. Killings of Copenhagen. Right, right off the top. I hate the of. I just hate it. But they're not in. Only one of them is in Copenhagen. Yeah, but they're but nobody's co- killing Copenhagen. No. Okay. This episode was filmed in September and October 2013. Broadcast the 12th of February 2014. 6.54 million viewers. Directed by Alex Pillai and written by Paul Lug. And this is the... This is the second episode where Midsummer filmed outside of the UK. Do you know yeah. what the first one was? Oh, that's you... a trivia question. I know what the first episode filmed outside of Britain was. Or at least, uh, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. say the UK filmed, out, filmed outside of Britain. The delay's a little bit long. Yeah, it's about 30 seconds, the delay. To see if anybody has the answer. Yeah. Oh, there's a body in the library. Yes, there is a body <laughs> in our library. There's a body in the library. <laughs> Just to begin, we're going to go through this like a normal episode. Yeah, um, they got gonna, it. King's Crystal. That's yep. that's right. It's, it's in Wales. King's Crystal mm-hmm. uh, happens in Wales. So we're going to go through this like a normal episode. We've also got the best corpse and horrible movies all and that all of that stuff. good stuff for you guys. Yep. So the first thing is, I, this is Midsummer. We've all watched at least 100 episodes. <laughs> When it says it's in Copenhagen, I'm like, okay, is this like Borneo? Like when they were in the... Oh, when in, they were actually on a film set. That, it, they were in a film set walking through water. No, they actually go no, to Copenhagen. They actually go to Copenhagen. And the pan of the hotel is really nice yeah. there to start. It's it's like they're getting their money's worth, you know? Let yeah. us prove that we are actually in a foreign city. Look around, look around. It's real, it's real. <laughs> So Eric Calder is checking into a hotel. Yes. In Copenhagen. Do you know what hotel that is? No. Okay. So that hotel is a real hotel. It's right downtown in Copenhagen. And it's called the Scandic Palace Hotel. It's beautiful. Now, it it is gorgeous. That hotel is certainly gorgeous. And it looks like I went through all the rooms. Of course. The, the you things did. I do for you folks. <laughs> I went through all the rooms. I think he's in a junior suite. Oh, a okay. junior suite. He yes. has a balcony on the front of the hotel. Almost That's pretty nice. All the rooms have balconies on the oh, front of the hotel. Nice. So if we ever go to Copenhagen, we should go there. It is 1436 DKK a night. I think that's kroners. Mm-hmm. I think it's kroners. Danish kroner. Danish kroners, which is actually, how much do you think that is American? I don't remember. I did the math on something else, but I don't remember the It version. is $226.45 American. That's, that's a deal. Cheap. 
That's the price now? Yeah, and it's got two floors. Like, it's quite the suite. That's a deal. Yeah, deal and a half. And he gets a package. Well, okay, so he walks into the... Lobby. The lobby. And if you notice, there's a guy in the lobby... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice this guy. Of course you noticed this guy. (laughs) Who's absolutely just staring at the camera. (laughs) He doesn't move. He doesn't do anything. He just stares. He's a less experienced background artist. Yes. He doesn't know not to stare at the camera. (laughs) And maybe so. Maybe he should be pretending he's look. He's doing something, but he just stands there. Well, he, I think he's supposed to be in line, but mm. he doesn't actually look like he's in line. But he. But so our our character, who we don't know, is Eric Calder. Yet. Yeah. But he gets a package. The biscuits of death. Greetings from Badger's Drift. Yes. Oh. If you got a package that said "Greetings from Badger's Drift," would you open it? No. I would be afraid of it. No. I mean, obviously, he's not. This is his biscuit company. Yes. But. Like, <laughs> to me, Badger's Drift is synonymous with murder. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't eat any cookies that were in that tin. He opens up the tin, which I, I had to look. They, they do a nice job in the tin, but it's not actually embossed. They put like a paper ribbon around the outside mm-hmm. and a paper cover on the top. So that's how they did the tin. And then after getting the tin, he he has to say... I have to prove that I'm in Copenhagen, so let me go look outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somebody's watching him, but we—it's not killer vision. No, no, because again, we spoil it, right? It can't be Clara. No. So it's—it's got to be Ingrid's brother. He's standing out there. Yeah, and Eric rushes back into the room and tries to scrub off whatever has been in the biscuits of death with soap and water. So, so- I have a problem with this. So we find out that it's strychnine, right? There's strychnine on the outside of the tin that he's touched. You can't die from strychnine poisoning through your skin. Okay. You have to ingest it or you have to like get it on your mucous membranes in some way. So we missed him licking the... He must have licked it. (laughs) Yeah. Or like put his nose right up to it and, you know, like... Huffed it. Something. Which we didn't see. No. I can only find one case in all the medical journals where somebody died from strychnine exposure on their skin. And this lady, boy, she like dumped a big vat of it all over herself. So, chance Why would and she, she didn't do die that? of it, but she got poisoned by it. Well, well it was an accident. Oh, okay. Um, but it's pretty clear this that it probably did more than just. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty clear she got it on more than just her skin. She must have got it up her nose or something. But Midsummer's usually better uh, about poison in that. I was surprised that they didn't quite quite get it right. Next, we have the scene of the crime and Barnaby, Charlie, and Kate show up. Oh, wait, no, it's not. No. It's Bridget and Anna. Yes. Who, they're both awesome actresses. So this is Anna Eleonora Jorgensen and Birgit Hjort Sorensen. Wow, you, you practiced that. <laughs> I didn't need to practice it. Well, I'm going to butcher some names later. <laughs> <laughs> Birgit, played by Anna Eleanor Jorgensen, she is the first of many actors in this episode who are also in The Killing. I think everyone is in The Killing. In well, episode. even Betty. Anna isn't. No. <laughs> no, but all of the other Danish actors are in The Killing. It's like a little reunion for them, I think. Yes. I wondered if this was going to become a show. Like, I wondered if they did They it were like, going to do a spinoff. It was Midsummer Copenhagen. <laughs> Like, like, uh, like CSI, C- CSI Vegas, but it was going to be Copenhagen. Yep. That would be different. 
And one thing I really do like here is they all talk in Danish. Yeah, as they should. Like they they don't sugarcoat it the way American television would. Though, of course, all of the Danish characters speak flawless English. Well, every well because yeah. elsewhere in the world, people <laughs> learn a second language very young. Unlike us, I we learn second languages as kind of a joke, like. Or you have to take a language in high school that you'll forget immediately. Yeah, I definitely... I'm so jealous of these people who I, learn from a young age. I took 13 years of, of French, and people from Canada would know why I said that. Took 13 years of French, and I can watch a hockey game, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, mon petit chou-chou. Yes. My little cabbage. My little cabbage. Then we're transported to midsummer. Yes. And there's some making going on. <laughs> Sarah is putting together a crib. So it's a flat pack furniture crib. So this scene starts with knolling. Do you know what knolling is? No. So knolling is when you set out all the pieces in equal spaces. Where's that term when, from? Uh, I meant to look it up, but I forgot. But it's called knolling. Like K N O? Yes. Okay. Now they show it in the montage, but she doesn't actually do it. <laughs> Like, it's not like when they go back to her actually putting the crib together, it's not there. Can we talk about the way she lays out the parts? Oh, the, how <laughs> difficult is it to make a crib? Good gosh. So, I, I have a theory that before you marry someone, no matter how much you love them, you should have to put together some Ikea furniture together. Okay. It's like a relationship test. If you can do that then you will be able to weather difficult times together. If you can cooperate and work together and not get crazy and whack each other upside the head with some particle board, you're all right. Um, and it turns out I'm not the only one who thinks that. I found all these studies of actual like psychologists and psychiatrists who use flat pack furniture assembly as a relationship test. Like they send people home, marriage counselors send people home and say, go buy flat pack furniture, put it together and take notes on how that goes. I guess. I, mm -hmm. It's tough. One of our listeners has already picked up on something that we're going to talk about the crib. Yeah, how do they get it upstairs? How on earth did they get that thing upstairs? I understand why they build it in the kitchen because it's a better shot. You know, it's a public space in the house, but they're not getting that up the stairs, <laughs> especially with that wacky bend at the top of their stairs. Well, you know what my first thought was? Hmm. They better not knock over any of those Spider-Man prints because if they're not, <laughs> if they're actual comics in the in the no. <laughs> Mark, they cry. They can't be those comics. They have to be reprints because there's $10,000 worth of comics there. So we're a week away from the arrival of Betty. Betty. Oh, we did look up. We, we had a discussion on last week's episode about uh, how many weeks maternity leave you get before and after in England. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sarah had mentioned that she thought maybe... It was a lot. It seemed like she was off work earlier before the baby was due than yes. I expected her to be. Yes. Because we live in a country that has poor health care, we weren't expecting that you get 11 weeks off before, before the, baby's before the born. baby's born in England and then uh, 12 months afterwards. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, I had that much time off before the kids were born, but I was on bed rest in the hospital on drugs. Yeah. Like, I couldn't have done my job. It would have been interesting if I'd tried, but yeah. So we've got this, we've got another Midsummer Village with a family, right? The family of the village. Well, oh, 
Before we get into that, she says something here that I have to talk about. Oh, okay. They know that they're going to be talking to these people from Denmark, and he, he is worried about the baby. Mm-hmm. And so he says that he has his phone and everything. Because he has the stereotypical new dad worries yes. about when is the baby going to come? Like, like you deliver a baby in like 30 seconds flat and he's going to miss it. Yes. And she says, we have the bat signal primed. I knew that was going to bug you. And I'm sorry. You don't prime the bat signal. You don't prime You just the turn bats. it on, right? <laughs> you just turn on the bat signal. It's not something you have to crank. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Commissioner Gordon out there crying, crying. <laughs> and he's got to send some lackey up there to crank it up every once in a while so it doesn't go out. Did you notice also in the Denmark cop shop, there's like no privacy? I, you know, that, that's what modern offices look like nowadays. Everything's glass or part partition walls. Everything's but open. They, they have a mugshot of a woman on the screen that anyone walking along the street could see. <laughs> Well, if it's a mugshot, they're looking for. I guess so. Denmark is a very transparent country. Oh. They pride themselves on transparency in government and bureaucracy. Well, unfortunately, so. their dossier has two identical pages in it. But it's so well designed. It is. It's really well designed. It wastes ink, though. I can how, tell you that. How if you did they it. get the dossier there that quickly? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they used a tele... If they, they should have used the teleporter to get there that they used for the dossier to get back to... Bar- to oh, bar- no. See, in my head, they emailed it, but Birgit sent specific instructions for some lackey at the cost and constabulary on how exactly to bind it... Oh, that's possible. ...to perfection yes. the way she wants it, because that's the kind of person I think she is. Absolutely. I think that, that could be a, a situation. Yes, so we have the Calder family, who is Eric. He was the one who died. Yes. His... His brother, Julian. His brother, Julian, and his wife, Penelope, and his son, Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Harry. Oh, sorry, Harry. <laughs> it is very Hamlet-y. Isn't that the play that's set in Denmark? <gasps> dun, dun, dun! You're so clever. I know. I figured it all out. And, and clearly, there's no love loss here. No. Penelope's not that upset that her husband's dead. Julian's no. certainly not upset his brother's dead. Harry is kind of upset that his dad's dead, but in an angsty kind of broody way. Don't call me Pen. Okay, Pen. <laughs> Julian's a jerk. He is a total jerk right away. He's, he says to Pen later, we're not married. You can't tell me what to do. And I just want to slap him. I don't have to be your wife to tell you where to go. It won't take you long to find the murderer. He didn't know anybody there except his secret family. <laughs> so they were trying to sell to Toph. Biscuits, which I think is clearly a kind of reference to an upper crust biscuit place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then... Can we talk biscuits versus cookies for a second? Okay. Before we get into the Calder biscuit dynasty. Okay. So in the US, we say cookie. Yes. And in the UK and many other places, they call them biscuits. And in Canada, we say cookies too. Okay. Now, I did a lot of research on this. This is not just a difference in terminology, like a, the like different names for the same thing. Yes. They're actually different things. Oh, they are? Yes. If you if you if you're uptight and anal about snack foods, yes, they are different things. So biscuit actually means twice baked. So when you think about like biscotti, 
Like yes. biscotti, you bake, then you slice, then you bake again. Yeah. So it's like crunchy and kind of dense. Yeah. That's a biscuit. Now, not all biscuits are biscotti, but if you think about something like um, like a graham cracker, they would call a biscuit. It's okay. dense, not overly sweet, kind of meant to be dunked. And if you dip it in your tea, it doesn't fall apart. So the question is, if you have a Venn diagram of cookies and biscuits, <laughs> like... Are cookies a type of biscuit or are biscuits a type of cookies? And I'm going to say biscuits are a type of cookie. Okay. You're going to go out on the limb. I'm going out on on the the limb limb to say that biscuits are an example of a kind of cookie that are denser and a bit um, harder, but not in a bad way, rather than like what we would consider something that's like softer and cakier that we would call just a cookie. Okay. I I asked also in the chat to find (laughs) out who... (laughs) Yes, and cookie comes from a Dutch word. You're right, Selena. Absolutely. Cool. Penn, who I will refer to as Penn forever now, says something here that caused me to use capital letters in my notes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To to which she said, our cookies put this village on the map. No, they didn't, honey. To which I replied, (laughs) the piles of dead bodies stacked up put Badger's Drift on the map. Yeah, the in- incestuous murders who co- murders who commit suicide together, the vicar who jumped from the bell tower. I mean, there there's a lot going on in Badger's Drift that they didn't even mention a cookie factory, biscuit factory in yes. either of those episodes before. Absolutely, and there's been more episodes in ba- than more references to Badger's Drift. So. Yeah, and and when uh, Tom and Joyce say maybe we should renew our vows at that church in Badger's Drift, they don't go, you know, where the Calder Biscuit Factory is. Nope, there is no mention of Calder's but Biscuit. But he does sort of wince, like, oh, that's where the creepy people are. <laughs> <laughs> I might run into that undertaker again. Ooh. <laughs> so Harry's off at the tea room. Yes, uh, Mrs. Trout's tea room. Mrs. Trout's tea room, which sounds like a, a Beatrix Potter Beatrix thing. Potter thing. <laughs> we both must have thought that together. Poor Summer can't make coffee. She also can't pick a name that's good. She doesn't seem very capable at the tea room in general. No, she doesn't. And Mrs. Trout, who is the daughter of the Mrs. Trout that the tea room is named after, she's too busy off working at the biscuit factory to be there running the tea room, right? Yes. So she leaves it all to Summer. That's a lot of responsibility on Summer's hands, don't you think? Yes, if she's the only one running it. Yeah. Somebody asked if Calder's makes sailboat cookies. What are sailboat cookies? Remember? The, oh, yes. Dennis had the sailboat cookies yes. on the tray. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Next Maybe. to the mini sandwiches cut in, in the um, uh, the card and suites. And the iced sombreros. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some things just stick in your head. That you two can be racist and create nice snacks yes. at the same time. <laughs> Okay, so and we, we get go- to meet the biggest jerk face of the episode at the when we go to the cookie factory. Okay, so we go to the cookie factory, and outside there are some gorgeous trucks. Those oh. Bedford trucks yeah. are gorgeous. Well, everything about Calder's is kind of retro, right? Yes, because they're traditional. Never mind that it's actually it's. So you may have noticed this, folks. This factory is also the factory that was the relish factory at least in sauce for the goose in sauce for the goose the outside shots anyway the inside is from the kemp steam museum we've reached a second point in my notes where i go into capital letters 
What, that this isn't what a cookie factory looks like? This is not how you make biscuits. Well, somebody's already mentioned in the chat, how do you make biscuits nine at a time? Yes. I also got irritated by this idea and had to pull up some images. We're going to pull up the Calder factory right now. (laughs) So this is what the Calder factory looks like. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tins on an entire sort of... uh, (laughs) thing right like a ramp there are artisanal it's a conveyor belt and then and (laughs) and then there are nine cookies on each cookie sheet yes this is how a six-year-old makes cookies (laughs) (laughs) never mind okay so this is inside the this the steam museum so this is a big steam engine that actually runs like dozens of conveyor belts on a three-floored system yes so it would have controlled like all kinds of different machines would have been controlled by the power coming out of this thing. And they have basically just put conveyor belts sort of between them to make it look sort of like they're making... Well, and conveyor belts that move at right angles. Like... Oh, yeah, they go around corners. That's why they need those two little old people there at that corner <laughs> so they can move them on. That is the second thing. The Calder's Biscuit Factory, you you have to be 65. You need... 40 years cooking experience. I think they're captives. They're like (laughs) Oompa Loompas who work in the Calder Biscuit Factory. This is what their factory looks like. Now show them what a real factory, a cookie factory looks like. This is what a real cookie factory looks like, where first of all, everyone is not wearing just red coats. They're actually wearing like food safe. Hairnets and and masks and and stuff. And there are a number of cookies in this one shot going into the cooker at the same time. Yeah. We'll get to the oven when we get to the climactic scene. Like, this is like vast numbers of cookies being made at once. The way the Calders make them, they only put nine on each cookie sheet. And I think Clara eats one from every tray. I think so, too. (laughs) So they only really make them eight at a time. And the way Sarah Barnaby's eating them, she's probably eating as many as they can make. She puts away the cookies in this episode. Hey. She's a pregnant lady. She can eat whatever she wants. She she indeed but can. If they make cookies that slowly, she is gonna she's gonna take up the slack on their inventory for sure. So did you notice that as soon as they said they were gonna close the factory, they did one of those pandemonium <laughs> shots, right? It was from underneath the stairs, and then the camera yeah. jiggles a little bit. It's like it's shut like, it down, shut it down, and the sirens go off. Yep, and everybody goes running. <laughs> Well, you know, probably the last time they had to do that was during the war. And most of these employees were probably there. I would So they remember, you know, when the air raid siren goes off, shut down the factory. (laughs) We have some more Barnaby time. We have some more Julian and Penn doing the kissy kissy time. We've got to talk about Armand. Okay. Can we get there? So let's talk about Armand. Because I I already said Julian was the biggest jerk in the episode, but I was, no. No. It's Armand. Armand. Oh my gosh. He is he is prima donna. He's worse than that. He's yeah. like a narcissist egomaniac who knows that his big ego is built on an utter lie. He knows it all along that yes. he's taking credit for something he didn't D- do. Did you see what kind of cookies he's making in his kitchen lady later? Uh, in this, the first scene that we see him in, he's making, making, he has a plate of macaroons. Yes, but on his... That he's put powdered sugar on. Yes, on his chalkboard in the background, he has the Armand magic written across the top. 
this this kitchen that he works in it's not a kitchen it's, it's like a, a dark corner no. with some stuff okay. no like if you have a kitchen in a factory it's behind a door and it looks like a real kitchen and it's clean and it's where it is it's not dr frankenstein's cookie factory no like, like he has test tubes and stuff well and and somebody in the chat has already pointed out that Armand's workstation is really kind of dark and dirty. Yes. Like, I, don't, I don't want to eat cookies from there. No. And it's kind of a combination of a kitchen and a lab. And then kind like of keep he's got at the beakers. bottom of the stairs. You know? He's got a hand crank whisk. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. If they love you and they really think you're going to make something, they would give you an actual mixer. They're, they're going to give you Those hand crank mixers are cool, but they're not practical. No. They're certainly not practical. You make meringue with that thing, your arm's <laughs> going to fall off. <laughs> well, he just went across the street and bought the, bought the cookies anyway. Yeah, he so. just went to the grocery store and bought them and then put his magic powdered sugar on it oh. with his big shaker. So that actor we've seen in a whole bunch of stuff, right? Oh, Sanjeev um, Baskar is his name. He's My favorite thing he's been in recently is Unforgotten. He's really good in that show. But he's also going to be in the Sandman series. Yeah, so there's a new Kane. Sa- there's a new Sandman series being done on Netflix, which is it's going based to on be the Neil Gaiman books. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And he's he, in that. And he plays Kane in that, which is one of the brothers of Cain and Abel who run the House of Secrets and the House. I forget the other house, which are. Places where you tell ghost stories that live in the dreaming. If you don't read the comic, you have no idea what I'm talking no, about. No, you already went into more detail than most people will understand. But, they but are, it's going to be cool. Do you know who plays the the kind of villain in the first couple of issues? The old guy Mm-mm. is uh, Pierce from Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's good. That show on Netflix is going to be really, really good. So Armand has his bow tie and matching vest on all the time. Yes. Well, you have to look the part. I think he's going for like a Wonka kind of thing. I'm not sure what that's about. I, I it, it does feel Willy Wonka when they all have the same coats on. And then when they start saying Oompa Loompa noises, <laughs> it's kind of, and that kid gets pushed in the grape stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we know Clara's the killer. Yes. Now, Clara is very deferential to Armand. Yeah. She, but she believes he's a genius. But she doesn't. She knows from the beginning of the episode that he is a lying jerk. Yeah. Right? So she's faking it. I think she's doing her best to sell him as that for the cookie manufacturer, for Calder's. Yeah. She's doing her best for Calder. But she knows. Oh, she knows He's on her list. Absolutely. And then we have the brothers. P.T. Barnum. Yeah, I go P.T. Barnum too. Wonka, Barnum. The Bradley Brothers. I love the Bradley Brothers. Oh. I want a whole show with I, Ernest and Atticus. They, <laughs> first of all, Ernest and Atticus needed to be on a Lovejoy. Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. And uh, just a moment, I just thought about this. The Lovejoy Actually podcast is finished up. So if you haven't finished listening to those, you should go back and finish those. I I can't even imagine listening to the last episode of that show those ladies have been so great to us and are so great that 
you should give them some love, but I don't know if I could make it through. That's like be Ted, too sad. Ted, be like Lasso Ted Lasso material there. So. Um, before we um, move on too much further, I have to tell you about Golden Clusters. Okay. Because so, Armand is favor- famous for having come up with the recipe for Golden Clusters. Okay. Which, in my head, were going to be a cluster of something. like yes. uh, Like a Rice Krispie treat. Kind of thing, I like, guess. Like maybe, yeah. Small things that are clustered together with some kind of coating. They look to be just kind of like a sugar cookie, kind of a, a more golden brown sugar cookie. I, I don't know what they're supposed to be, but so I, I went down the Google hole looking for things that were called golden cluster to see if I could find an actual recipe for something called that. No recipes for it, but I did find out that there is a mead and hard cider brand called Golden Clusters. Oh, okay. And um, a, a cannabis strain okay. called Golden Clusters, okay. which is a, apparently very mellow, dude. Okay. Um, and there's a, a rhododendron in it that only grows in Australia called the Golden Cluster. And then there was that weird math thing you sent me today. It's like some kind of chemistry thing. Okay. Sarah and I, Sarah has a PhD. I did all the coursework for PhD. We're both taking several statistics classes. And... It introduced something called golden clusters and skeletal numbers that frightened me. Yeah. Like... The synopsis of the book was so over my head, I couldn't even tell what it was about. I, I but apparently, it's about golden clusters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. I have no idea what they're talking about. Some chemist is going to have to explain that to us. Well, actually, the bat signal doesn't need to be cranked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're nerds in different ways. Yes. The Bradley brothers are fine antiques and they do house clearances, which is basically they look at the paper to see who died and then go and go hey, buy up all their stuff. If that's your business, that's what you've got to do. I wonder if they did the house with all the newspapers. Mm, I don't know. Then we get to the funeral. Yes. And we can only assume that Eric Calder got the satin service. Yeah, so he's got the horse-drawn carriage. So I have the horses a question. have the big feathers. I have a question for people in England: Is this horse-drawn carriage thing a normal thing? And does the poor vicar always have to walk in front the whole the <clears throat> whole way? Like you better hustle, dude. Those horses are right behind you. Yeah. So who is <laughs> taking over the mortuary, and are they still giving satin service? Yeah, like Dennis. And then, then we see the same church. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, this is the same church in Badger's Drift. And the first thought I have in my head is watch for falling vicars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so up on our screen now, we have Death Shadow, season two, episode one. <laughs> Poor Richard Byers going off the, off the top of the church and then we we see the scene from this episode as soon as i saw the front of the church with all the the funeral guests walking out i'm like look out look out look out (laughs) watch for fall but you know we're the reason that that this village is on the map yeah it's the calders (laughs) never mind the fact that going back to the very first Midsummer Maniacs episode. We went through the years that it won Village of the Year yes. on the sign. The very first shot of the show. But no, we put this on the map. I don't know. I think they probably keep a trampoline down there at the base of the tower Boing. now, just in case. Boing. Just in case anybody gets inspired to jump off of it. Yeah, I, I can't look at that church and not think about that. 
<laughs> but Scoob, there's a clue. There's a clue at the flowers. So one of the flowers says for evict. It means for forever. Yes. For forever. For for forever. Evgit means forever. Like for for the time signature forever? No. no. I've but why okay. It says for for is this a normal thing in Denmark to put on, on To put for forever? Yeah. It seems weird. I don't know. I think the the first four is kind of unnecessary. I guess. It's time to have a party now that we've put somebody in the ground. And Armand is there. I can't help it. I'm just that great. The, oh. the actor oh. does such a great job when she announces Julian as the head of the company that Armand is like, oh. I he was... shouldn't be surprised. It's a family company. It's been direct. The directors have been members of that family for what, four generations? How on earth? Why did... would they let him be it the director? It would be surprising if it was different. Yeah. He should just assume that he's not going to be in charge. How old do you think Harry Calder is, the actor who's playing him? How old in this episode do you think he is? Harry Calder. So this is Hamlet. Mm-hmm. The son. He can drive. Yes. So 18, 19? He is 24. Wow. That actor is 24. Wow. He has such a baby face. And he he totally has the actor big head, small body. He's very tall and yeah, lanky. He is. But he's got a Rick Astley voice. He's got a deep voice for... He's never going to give you up. <laughs> Until he finds out you're his half-sister. Whoa! <laughs> this isn't Badger's Drift. Oh, wait! It is! <laughs> That's what happens there. <laughs> and then Mrs. Trout gets all upset with Summer because she used salad cream instead of mayonnaise. Do yeah. you know what salad cream is? No, but it sounds gross. It. it sounds gross. You don't to eat me. mayonnaise. Nope. Salad cream is like Miracle Whip, but thinner. So mayonnaise has oil and eggs, and salad cream has those things in it, but it also has vinegar and sugar. So it has kind of a sour sweet taste. There was a big kerfluffle in the UK when Heinz decided to call their salad cream sandwich cream oh because that's gosh. what everybody used it for. It's yeah. put on sandwiches and uh, I think they tr- I think they put it back oh, because the, people didn't like that. The whole thing sounds disgusting to me. I'm sure people eat it right out of the bottle. Ugh. There's nothing wrong with mayo. No. Ugh. I know you don't like it. No, I don't like it. So they found a thumbprint on at, the hotel door. Yes. And it's did you see that that thumbprint printout? It has all sorts of weird shapes on it. It's very designy. All of the reports and interfaces of the Danish police look exactly like the computer screens in Prometheus. Yes. The last Alien movie. Yeah. If you look up Prometheus computer interface, you will see it looks exactly <laughs> like, but it's like a fingerprint and then it has little circles and like, and like, Darts coming out of yeah. it, like with labels, and then like a sphere with an atom around it. It's very weird. Just Why a skeleton rotating. Yeah, because the Danish are just fancy. Meanwhile, back in Hamlet, Harry hears his uncle and his mother having talky talk before sexy sex, or after, or after. I think it's after. Yeah, probably. Because then he leaves, and she's like, "Oh, where are you going? I'm not married to you. I don't have to tell you anything." Now that he's in charge of the company, he's got nothing to do with her. He's got what he wants. So he goes to the factory because he gets another call. Mm-hmm. But 
he walks in and like, is that his desk or is that it is his now. brother's desk? I think or... it was his brother's office, but it's his now. And the the lights go out and like, first of all, he's never watched a Midsummer episode because if he did, he would be like, oh, somebody called me to a place in the middle of the night. I'm going to be killed. Somebody's lured me to a dark place. Yes. Where I don't need to be. No. And the lights went out. But the power doesn't go out because he turns the lamp back on. <laughs> Clara is quite the electrician. And then there's a door slam, and then he gets chloroformed. Mm-hmm. But they never talk about how easy or hard it is to get chloroform or anything like that. Clara knows people who know people I would who think, can get strychnine and chloroform. I absolutely think she would have hit him with a heart, like an object. Uh, I don't know, because she doesn't want to kill him right away, right? She wants to tie him to a chair and pour alcohol down his face and maybe make him talk. What is she? Tr- what is the information she's trying to get out of him? I think she's trying to get him to admit that they stole the recipe from her mother. I think so. She wants them to say, that's what we did and I'm sorry we did that. Yeah. And he's not gonna because Julian's a jerk face. So he drowns in alcohol. Okay. Whiskey or whatever she pours down his throat. But she's strong. If she can move him from there to yeah. that chair, tie him up, then once he's dead, she's move him down strong. to the loading dock. I just want to know. Okay, so she shrink wraps him to a big flat of boxes, yes. right? Think about that logistically. Like how did she hold him up and then get the shrink wrap exactly. around the Exactly. You'd need somebody to hold him while somebody else went around. There, no, and no. then you'd have to move your hands while they went past you. There are machines that do that, but not when there's a body there and not when you're holding it. No. How did they do that? By the way, the chat is going through all the lines of what happens before you die. Oh, it's you. Yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> why are you here? So why why do you have that insert weapon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know logistically how she does that. Even if she puts the pallet on a machine that the plastic wrap spins around or that spins the flat against the plastic wrap. She must have, like, I don't know, duct taped him up there first. Maybe. That wouldn't hold him. So we lose Julian Mm -hmm. for a while. There's a broken window, and they're trying to find him. Right. And there's some machinations around. Penn is like, I have no idea where he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got a call on the landline and stuff like that. And then we have another scene with the brothers at the antique box antique shop where there is this box it's a MacGuffin, right we're supposed to not know what it is the idea is that eric knew he was going to leave and go to copenhagen and that he trusted the bradley brothers to ship his most important things yes why would he ever give them that box i don't i don't know Here's a box with all the blackmail material the, you might ever need on me. It's, Can you package it up and mail it to Denmark for me? It says blackmail stuff in here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever let the Bradley brothers get this box. No. And then back at the tea room, there's an interesting thing. I don't mean interesting like plot or character or actors or anything, but there's a bunch of posters. So I'm interested. Because you're that kind of nerd. And Clara makes reference to the posters. She says, why do they have these posters up? What is wrong with those posters? Clara's not having printed posters in her mother's tea shop. Her mother would not have approved. I will talk about these posters. The posters include the following. A bake sale. 
Okay. Mixed doubles badminton tournament. Okay. And then the final one, which is live music Sunday evenings at the Blacksmith Arms in Morton Hollows. It clearly says Hollows. Yeah. This is a mistake. Right. Because in episode 96, there is a Blacksmith Arms in Morton Shallows. Shallows, Hollows. I found a mistake. As I'm going to butcher your name, and I'm so sorry. Asgerder says, is that a Discworld print on the wall? Yes, it is. Yes. It's actually a puzzle. Yes. That I put together, and it's in a frame. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to answer the question before I missed it. Yep. Yeah, well, Mrs. Trout is not having that kind of riffraff in her tea shop. It's not traditional. So Summer's got to throw it away and find Hamlet sitting out by the dumpsters looking dirty. I don't need a vibe. So Hamlet's sitting out. Her tea shop doesn't need a vibe. No. So Harry goes in and talks to the cops. And it's all kind of like he's like, he kind of confesses to what's going on. But he has no idea where his uncle is. No, because he's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. So then we know, then we find out Julian's body is discovered. Julian's body is discovered. And Julian's body has been cellophane wrapped into a package. Now, into a a pallet. Okay. So so there is a pallet. A pallet of boxes. A pallet of boxes with him stuck on the front and then that is pushed into the other ones. Right. Now, so he's in the interior of the pa- of the boxes as it's being shipped because if that truck went down the interstate with him like this on the side of the boxes <laughs> facing out, I hope somebody would say something. <laughs> you know, like dude, there's a dude shrink wrapped his boxes. But that the I hate to be pedantic, but the those trucks are set up that two pallets go in there. Yeah, and you think his body would get in the way? His body would get in the way. I don't know. I don't think you can trust the the Calder people to pack their boxes super densely. They probably nestle each tin in amongst some like downy pillows. So the boxes Maybe. can compact a little Maybe. bit. Because, you know, they're artisanal the way they make them yes. three at a time. So it is a nice reveal at the Toft Factory yes. of the dead body wrapped in cellophane. And it's a cool kind of image. It would never happen. No. It would never happen. And we looked very closely at that dead body. <laughs> it's not him. It's not well, him. I was thinking like, wow, I mean, maggots in your mouth, that was something else. But this guy allowed them to shrink wrap him. And like, how is he breathing? I was really impressed. So I'd take a screenshot and look really, really close. His hands give it away. He's got mannequin hands. Yep. It's total mannequin but hands. But they did an awesome job, though. That head, his head looks like his him. Head. And it goes real quick, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not him. But it, it's good. Yeah. It's well done. But then... Barnaby and Charlie have to go to Denmark. This is the... Because the, it's their body mm-hmm. now. And I love how they say they shouldn't call them... <laughs> they shouldn't call them bobbies. Right. But the subtitle the titles on youtube as far as i knew said boobies boobies <laughs> they shouldn't call them boobies don't call them boobies you skipped over them leaving midsummer though oh yes because so. john gives sarah the number yes andrew copeland's phone number yes andrew copeland who is the best hot pursuit driver in the midsummer constabulary <laughs> if she needs to get to the hospital he can yep. get her there he can get her there <laughs> 
<laughs> so would you want to have Andrew Copeland's number on call? I would because sometimes, you know, it takes me 90 seconds to get to work. <laughs> That's not work in my house. That's 90 seconds to go down the road you, to you, my work. You don't, you don't want a hot pursuit driver to no. be able to drive you somewhere? I'm okay. But if I did have a hot pursuit driver, I might get him to drive me to Canada. Ooh, yeah. I mean, if he could go sirens and lights all the way. Yeah. And go as fast as he wanted to. Yeah. I think I would just get him to drive me to Dairy Queen. Oh, Dairy that, Queen always has such a long drive yeah, up. Yeah, that's true. He could probably clear that place out. Yeah. Get home before it was even melty. So we, we have a question for back. you. Where, are you <laughs> Where would you have Andrew Copeland drive you? <laughs> the, the best hot pursuit driver in all of Midsummer Constabulary. The other question we had about this, because we're nerds like this, is what airport is he going to? They would be going to Heathrow, which, but it's unlikely they would be taking a cab all the a way to Heathrow. That's a cab ride to Heathrow. Well, Wouldn't they take a train? A train would actually be faster. Yeah. Um, it's it's not as far as you think it is. It's 40. So so if Midsummer is Oxford. Okay. It takes, it's 43 miles to Heathrow. 43 miles? That oh would gosh. take five days, Six right? Six days. Six days. <laughs> they would take them to get there. But they can take a train. But when I was looking that up, I also noticed that you can fly from Heathrow to Copenhagen and back for around 100 bucks. Oh, Doesn't I that hate make Europe. you jealous? I hate Europe. They're so close. You can I, go to Copenhagen for the weekend. I have to roughly drive 14 hours to get to my mother. And she's in the province that's directly above. <laughs> yes. And that's going, you know, 70 miles an hour. Yeah. This country is gigantic and Canada is even bigger. Yep. Oh, Lexus from Indy. Lexa knows I-70. Nice. They get to Denmark mm -hmm. and they're not being called boobies. No. Okay. And they split up, right? The sergeants go to the morgue. The, the sergeants go to Toft. And and the the chiefs go to the morgue. Yes. And she's all like, Have you been able to do this before? And he's like, Yeah. I totally I've like seen a dead body before. Yeah. We have so many in midsummer. And we find out <laughs> That's my Nelson impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that the credit card used to buy the For if forever flowers forever flowers is from a guy named thomas madsen mm. okay who's a rough wearing vicar oh we'll get to him get it yeah the rough yeah 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 do you so they uh anna and nelson are talking about like well have you you know you've seen a body before and, yeah. and stuff and you know um i could understand that question if it was the other way okay because the crime rate in Denmark is so much lower that I think I think you could be a detective and go go your whole career without seeing a dead body if you were wow on certain beats. So just to give you an idea, in 2019, those were the most recent stats I could find. Okay. In Denmark, the whole country for the whole, whole year, there were 66 murders, okay? So that's 66 one 66 murders. 1.1 people per 100,000. Wow. In the UK, there were about 1,400. Okay. But that's the same rate, 1.1 per 100,000. Yeah, there's more people Just in the a UK larger population. than Denmark. Do you want to guess how many murders there were in the US in 2019? Oh. Or, or the rate per 100,000 people? Give it a shot. 40,000. You think 40,000 people were murdered? No, I clearly didn't say 40,000. In 000. one year? <laughs> 
Oh my god! This place is kind of crazy. It is, but it's not that crazy. Okay. Try again. 18,000. 16,000. 16,000. So it's 5.0, no, just 5. 5 for every 100,000 people. So they have 5 times the murder rate here than they do in Denmark. Wow. And I mean they have a fraction of the population. Well, but that's popula- that's murders per 100,000. Right. So it's a murder rate. Right. So Yeah, our murder rate is 5 times Denmark's. <sighs> So if they had asked Bergit and Anna, have you ever seen a dead body? There'd be a chance that they hadn't. Not, not a murder victim anyway. Because their, their rate is just so much lower. Do you know they leave babies outside there? What? Yeah. In Denmark? Like for what? To take a nap. Or if they go in the shop. They just leave the babies outside? Yeah. Ugh. Especially if it's really cold. They bundle them up in their little carriage and they got hats and mittens and blankets and they put them outside to take a nap. My love the fresh sex air. I've never felt this good. There's a <laughs> Twin Peaks reference for you there. Because they just don't worry about people taking their babies. It's just not that kind of society. So you could you could go in the store and leave your baby in its buggy out front and get some fresh air and go do your shopping and come out. Your baby would still be there. No problem. It's okay. refreshing, isn't it? It is. So at the top factory... They have to get the body out, right, of the cellophane. <laughs> so how do you? How would you go about doing that? I think I would put a few officers in front of Julian to okay. support him, and then on the opposite side of the pallet, I would cut the plastic so, so they, they could, would release. They could let him down gently along with the plastic that he's been touching. Which probably would have fingerprints and stuff like right. that. Right. Yep. No, no, no. No, that's not what they do. No, no. They do like a human, like a chalk outline, but in plastic. <laughs> I love that his hands <laughs> rough. It's so funny looking. When I saw it, I was like, did I just see what I think I saw? <laughs> they just totally took an X-Acto knife and drew around him. And there's like a little bit where there's hair is. <laughs> Yeah, like like he had like a little Teletubby bump at the top of his head. <laughs> Other people noticed that they cut around him too. They, why would they do that? And it looks to me like they let the plastic down on the floor that they cut out. Yeah, they just laid it down. But just imagine that. So he's standing there. He's dead, right? So he can't support uh. himself. So they start cutting around him. At some point, he's going to kind of flop forward and they, they're like, no, no, push him back up. I got a car around the rest of him. I know we could get him out now, but that's not going to give the right impression. That's Denmark uh, Sako for you. I, I don't know if it's thorough or what, but this, this photo does give you the evidence that you needed to say that that pallet would still fit because you can see that the boxes are, are squashed. Apparently, Julian had quite the butt because the the box that is at his butt level is quite pushed in. It's quite pushed in. But it does look like a, hit, like a Teletubby was there and they cut around it. We find out that there's a cottage involved in all this. Mm-hmm. And it's owned by Denmark's own Brun Agency, which is the Beauvoisin of... of They're the real estate agents, yes. Denmark. Yes. Right? She tells them who owns the property and all that stuff. But on her screen are the following words. V driver on Andreas Fortnetning for at give. Wow. You sure do speak Danish. I butchered that really (laughs) badly. And it says, 
we run a different business to give. And then I don't know what it says after that, but I thought that they went that far to put some sort of motto for the Brun and agency. Brun. Brun. Well, and she has a very nice like uh, Mac there, yes. which is probably the same Mac that was in the last episode and the same one that was in the basement of the church. Yes. But um, they have a nice little big screen TV there that they put the photos on. At first, I thought it was a poster of the house. Yeah. Uh, do they have a giant poster of every house they've ever <laughs> sold? And they just keep it up, but it's a screen that she's pulled the house up on. And, oh my gosh, I don't know how many scandinavian mysteries i have read but this cabin i want to say like 10 percent of scandinavians have a cabin i want that cabin i want to live there and they are hardcore take the summer off go to the cabin yeah like it's just expected that a good part of that time you will be away you might still go to work but you live at the cabin yeah it's, or you go it's to work very less. canadian it's like in canada everybody takes the month of august off it i'm so jealous again yeah this this is not a cabin though this is a beautiful home i don't know what they're talking about cabin second home you got to be really rich so they find out that this guy has the credit card, so they go and talk to the guy, mm-hmm. and they find out he's a very rough vicar. He's got a big ruffled. <laughs> it's a rough collar. Yes. Like an Elizabethan rough collar, which apparently some denominations wear. Yes. It's, okay. So this you is- You know what else he might do? What? Because he's a vicar. What? So in Denmark, you can't name a kid just anything. Okay. They don't allow stupid names in Denmark, which I respect. How about the name Don't Leave Me Outside in the Cold? There, It's very safe there to Zen. do that. It's fine. <laughs> so they, I mean, they have about 30,000 names to choose from, okay. roughly. Half male, half female. Okay. But they won't let you name your kid like Jordan with three Ys in the middle of it. No. But if you want to appeal, you want to name your baby something that isn't on the list. Yeah. You first have to give it to your vicar. Oh. And then he submits it to this like bureaucratic office for like social and community whatever. And if it's a, if it's a a typical name and it's not crazy and it's not going to be embarrassing for your kid or be a stigmatic name, you know, like yeah. they're not going to have a hard time. They'll they prove it. But Baby you know, McBabyface. If you want to name your face, your baby, Baby McBabyface, they'll probably reject it. Yes. But it's, from my reading anyway, is that vicars actually have a role in that because they do the baptisms and stuff. They're kind of like the first line of defense for, you know, honey, that's a really stupid name. Why are you naming that baby Hitler? Yes. Hitler Henderson or whatever. D- don't do that. <laughs> but if they agree, then they'll submit it. Okay. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'm about to say this, mm-hmm. and you're going to look at me crazy. Okay. Speaking of Hitler. <laughs> I just said that because it's a really bad name. Thomas Madsen is played by. He is played by. I've got to look at my notes. Uh, Nikolaj Copernicus. Yes. Nikolaj Copernicus, which is a kind Were of. Were you just waiting for me to pronounce it first? No, no. Okay. No, no, no. Which is kind of a famous name. Now, he's been in a ton of stuff, including, I think, the, he was in The Bridge, wasn't he? Mm, the, yes. Yes, okay. He was in another movie, which I'm going to say is this week's bad movie. Okay. Okay, I haven't seen this movie, but this is a terrible movie. <laughs> okay. And 
the man who plays Thomas Madsen, Nicolaj Copernicus, is in this movie? Yes. Okay. Who else is in this movie? I'm going to tell you about who else is in this movie before I tell you about the movie. Okay. Okay. Troles Libli is also in this movie. All right. Now, you may know him because you've seen a movie that he's in. He plays Hardy Henningsen. Do you mm. know who that is? Mm-hmm. Who's Hardy Henningsen? He's in um, uh, the one that's set on the islands. Nope. He's in Department Q. Oh, yes. Yes. So what is Department Q? Oh, like one of my favorite book series. Yes. And he's in the first one called The Keeper of Lost Causes. He Those plays, are so good. He plays the character who is the main character's partner who gets shot. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of in a bed the whole time. Yeah. So this guy is also in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he's he's paralyzed the now, whole series. If you haven't seen Department Q, read, read the books. Department Q. I don't know. The, the, the TV movies, movie versions of them are really good. The Keeper of Lost Causes may be the best plotted mystery book I ever read. Mm. It is Super stunningly good. good. So and Nikolaj Copernicus is in it. With... With the guy from, uh, not Avenue Q, <laughs> Department Q. Yes. And Nicolaj Coster-Waldo. The guy who is in uh, Game of Thrones? Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Okay. What is this movie? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read you. You're going to confuse us all. I'm going to read okay. you. i got to build up to the title. Okay. <laughs> Four men are accident. This has got 6.5 stars. Out of 10. That's a lot. It's, a, it's still a for bad. a bad movie. Four men are accidentally trapped in a sauna. After a couple of hours, the temperature begins to drop, and a cold night awaits them. They all dislike each other, and when the situation seems hopeless, one of the four men, an older man in his late sixties, drops a bomb, revealing past nightmares. The name of this movie <laughs> is Who's Hitler? <laughs> Is one of the four guys in the sauna Hitler? I don't know. This Surprise! Is, this is all I could find about this movie. <laughs> I know we've been friends a long time. I should probably tell you this thing. I'm actually Hitler. Knock, knock. Who's Hitler? <laughs> oh, I've got a bad movie for you later. Oh, okay. I, I understand why you brought this one up now. Oh. It's got nothing on the one I've got. I, I saw oh, that. No, no, no. I saw that. I saw who was in it. I'm like, those are three of the four guys in it. Yes. Yes. That's something else. (laughs) And then you brought up Hitler. I'm like, okay, I got to bring it up now. Got to do it now. So Nelson is an international tackler. Yes, he is. He takes Madsen down. He does. He flies. He's so good at it. Meanwhile, Kate puts the whole crib together in 10 seconds. Of course she does. Because she's a coroner. She takes people apart. She could put a crib together. They still don't know how they're going to get it up the stairs. No. Did you notice when the cops go to the the cabin for the first time, they're standing outside and it's total ADR? Yes. They're like, boy, the outlook here is beautiful. ADR meaning they recorded the audio yep. later. And later Their over lips the top. are not even moving. Three Guys and Hitler. New podcast name. <laughs> when we're done with Midsummer, Three Guys and Hitler. <laughs> You, you realize it, that we've been at this for an hour and 15 minutes. I, I, I cannot believe that we almost have 50 people. We, but Still. we got we to gotta move. We I haven't know. even killed the Bradleys I, yet. 
Okay. One of them gets forks. The other one gets <laughs> knife. They get apples in their mouths like they're piggies. Okay. <laughs> There's the scene at the church. And then, let's see, the brothers are so pleased because they're going to blackmail them. Yes. Right? They're going to blackmail Clara. And then we have the forking. Well, first, Atticus gets not, uh, Ernest gets knived. Yes. Atticus, it's just Atticus a fox. goes to catch a fox. It's just a fox. Because foxes go, <laughs> or is that a peacock? They both make annoying noises in Midsummer. Holy fork, I got a fork in me. Yes. So then we have seen- And Clara the... sets the table with yeah. silver and She's crystal. She's Looney McToonie. And She's... the apples in the mouth and everything. Yeah. Oh, Looney McToonie. And then we know that there's Fake a George is there. Did you notice Fake <laughs> yes. George? Yeah. He's George's stand-in. He looks a bit like Georgie. Yeah. But then we know about the recipe book, and the recipe book has pages ripped out of it. Missing. Yep. Now, this, this is hot stuff. This is the big clue. Yes. This is all about biscuits. Biscuits. You thought it was about money? Nope. You thought about it was about infidelity? International espionage? Hamlet? Whatever? Nope. The Armand magic? Nope. Nope. Cookies. Cookies. So there's the climax of the show. Mm -hmm. I know we're rushing a bit, but we've been at this a while. <laughs> and you guys have been so awesome. I still cannot believe that we have over 50 people now watching <laughs> that. Okay. Socko Peacock. He comes in. <laughs> I just had to read that. <laughs> Barnaby comes into the factory and he gets the call. The call he's been waiting all episode for. Mm -hmm. And he just disregards it completely. Okay, you knew that was going to happen. Yes. The first time you saw this episode, you knew yes. that either he was going to be there at the hospital and the baby was about to be born and he had to leave yes. and come back. That would be very Tom Burnaby. John gets there in time. Yes. Right? Yeah. He gets there in time. We've got the whole scene with Harry and Summer. And he's like, hey, baby. And she's like, hey, bro. And he's like, what? Our dad. Whoa. <laughs> That's that whole scene summarized. <laughs> and then. Badger's drift. We got to like, stop Clara because yes. she's in the factory and she has Armand tied up. Yes. And he doesn't know how to roll. No, he doesn't. So Because he's on that conveyor belt. Puts, all he's got to do is she, roll up. She puts Armand on the conveyor belt and sends him to the gates of hell. <laughs> and once again, in my notes, this is not how you make cookies. No, no. The oven is a mouth of flames. It looks like a crematorium. <laughs> Those cookies are going to get burnt right no, away. No wonder they <laughs> put out so few cookies. <laughs> raw in the middle, burn on the outside. Though, you know, Armand could maybe be improved by that treatment. I don't know. They so got to stop they Clara. They save him. Yeah. They save him and they stop Clara. And they explain to Clara that her world perception is wrong. Mm hmm. That her mother wasn't wronged by these people. No. That, that she agreed to give up her recipe in exchange. For her to have a lifetime job. For Claire to have a job and enough money to start the tea room, which is what she always wanted to do. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, thanks, Mom. That was really nice of you. Did you not think I could get my own job? That you basically had to agree with these people that have pity on me my whole life and give me a job? The problem here I have is inciting incident. 
Why? Why now? I guess because, because they're going to sell the Tofts. Yeah, yeah, they're going to sell the company. Yeah, she and found out that they were. Gonna Claire sell. is not going to have it. Yeah. Definitely. Not the golden clusters. Not the golden clusters. Some poxy tea shop. And then what did they sell at the poxy tea shop? Little cakes and po- stuff that poxy are on. tea. <laughs> well, it is trout fishy tea. Then Betty's born. Betty is born. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, trivia on IMDb is like the the baby in the hospital is different than the baby they have when they're leaving the hospital. Do you not know how movies work? I wonder if one of those babies is actually her baby. I would think it may be. And one of them is a stunt actor baby. Maybe. (laughs) Because, you know, stunts for babies. (laughs) And I love... So he runs to the hospital for the baby being born. And then there's this weird, jarring scene of Harry is sad. Summer is sad. And then Summer's mom, mom arrives. How does Ingrid know where Summer is? It's just magic. She works at the tea room. I Do guess. you have to know? It's a beautiful reunion. Poor Summer. Summer. Poor Ingrid. Yeah. Ingrid and Summer have it rough. Ingrid and Summer can go off and live in that beautiful cabin that Ingrid now owns. Yes, absolutely. Whoosh. Kate wants a hold of the baby, and they have the delights of Midsummer. The, the present that the Danish cops send yes. has... P-I-G-E on the side of it. Piggy? Which means girl. Oh. I think it's probably pig. Pig. Oh, that's unfortunate. Or something like that. Yeah. I doubt it's piggy. And now we have Betty. Yes. See, in the U.S., we'd say Betty. Betty. Almost as if it was spelled with two Ds. Yeah. But they make a point of doing hard T's. Okay. Everybody knows what time it is. Best corpse. Nice corpse. Okay, Man. so you've got Eric, Julian, Atticus, and Ernest to choose from. I'm going Atticus and Ernest. They got they got apples in their mouths. It's hard to breathe. They're 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 just rock solid. Yeah. They are absolutely rock solid. They did a good job. And you said you had another horrible movie to do? Oh boy, do I ever. Okay. I don't know if you're ready for this. We can't play Bet Mark's Seen It because I know you haven't. It's a short. Okay. um, And it's it's recent. It's from 2020. Okay. And uh, Poppy Drayton, who plays Summer Hailston, is in it. Okay. So this movie is about um, two women at a gas station in the middle of nowhere. And a couple of like bad guys show up and try to harass them. Yeah. And they defend themselves. All right. Okay. So it's a girl power movie. Yep. The now, name... I've seen a bunch of shorts like this, but I probably haven't seen that. Oh, one. you haven't seen this one. The name of the movie is called, is, um, you might have to beat me. Uh oh. Okay. It's called Snake Dick. S- <laughs> Snake Dick? Yes. Okay, I don't have a graphic for Snake Dick. <laughs> oh, you don't need to. You can Google it. The oh, movie poster no! is quite enough because the movie poster is the back of. Um, Poppy Drayton, Summer, yeah. the back of her legs. So we see her from the waist down, and it's the back of her legs. She's got this cute little short skirt on and these cute little kicky boots and a big old snake coming from under her skirt. It's huge. So she has the snake dick. Uh-huh. And her friend has a flute. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make it up. I cannot not see that movie. I am not wow. making it up. Snake dick. And it's got good reviews. Apparently, she's quite good in it. 
<laughs> it's a feel good movie. <laughs> it's a. F- <laughs> it's a feel snake movie. <laughs> it's a feel something. I don't. I don't know if her friend's flute controls it oh. or what. I didn't get a chance to watch it first. I'm still kind of traumatized by the poster. Yeah. So I haven't seen it, but wow. I'm not going to say it's a horrible movie, but how could I not mention that somebody in this episode was in that movie? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Snake Dick 2020. Snake there you Dick. go. Starring Poppy Drayton, who plays Summer Halliston in this episode. Well, folks, I cannot thank you enough. Oh. What I want to do. Chelsea, you did it. You Googled it. You yeah. shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I I just want to open up quickly while we do some business here. I'm, I'm going to tell you, we'll answer a couple of questions if you have some oh, questions yeah. for us. We have a little bit of business to get through. And when we get through that, we'll answer some of the questions we see in the chat. Sure. So the first bit of business, of course, is you can find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We're also in the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit. Uh, where uh, Sexy Sex got a little nod this week, which is fantastic. <laughs> that was funny. On YouTube, like and subscribe. If you have not liked and subscribed us, do it right now. And if you didn't like this video, hit the dislike button twice. Why? Because it turns it off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you're clever. Yeah. Now, our next episode is going to be, uh, we're going to take a couple of weeks off. Mm -hmm. So our next episode isn't going to be until, okay, so we're taking the 27th of September off and we're taking the 4th of October. Our next regular episode will be on the 11th of October. It seems like a long time. And we're going to start with season 17. Season 17, episode one, The Dagger Club. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to start with. Now, in between that, on the 27th of September, Midsummer is going to be starting on Acorn with the three other episodes from episode tw- uh, season 22. And so we will do a spoiler-free mini episode. Watch Like a Maniac episode for We're going to have episode. a special guest for that. A friend of ours. Uh, that, that episode involves board game design and a friend of ours who I play board games with is going to come on the, the show. It's only 20 minutes. He'll be okay. He's a great guy. He's super funny and we'll have lots of fun. In the meantime, I'm actually going to go to Canada to see my mom. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time. So I'm actually going to Canada to see my mom over the next little while. So we won't be able to do episodes. That's why we're taking a break. And then we're kind of going to go push on as far as we can. We have... At, at this point, we have 28 episodes to go. Yep. And then then the next phase of Midsummer Maniacs begins and all that craziness, which we'll get to when we get there. We still have six months to go. Yeah. Some folks are asking if we do another live stream, and I think we would. Absolutely. I, I absolutely Definitely for would. the episode that has all the little Easter egg references to other um, Midsummer episodes. I think that would be fun yeah, to that, do live. Maybe that, one at Christmas would maybe be fun. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this has been a huge success, so I think we'll definitely do... Another live episode. What else do we have for questions? Uh, glad you're taking time off. Pace yourself. That's good. In for the long haul. This has been so fun connecting with everyone. Oh my gosh, this I, has been a blast. <laughs> I, I cannot believe that you got up at four in the morning in Australia 
to watch our crazy asses do a podcast. <laughs> Lex is willing to drive to Bloomington to pick up crunchies if you bring some back. <laughs> they are good. Crunchies are fantastic. There are no golden it, clusters, though. If, if you don't know, Canada has different chocolate bars than mm-hmm. the U.S. In fact, I'm taking some uh, candy that's not available in the U.S., in Canada to the U.S. to give to the people who my mom is in a, an older age facility, and the one the people there took such good care of her over COVID. I kind of overbought them candy a little bit. You bought it, a whole lot of whatchamacallits. But, but they totally deserve it. So uh, when will John Barnaby merch be coming out? I would say after. Th- after Halloween. After Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween's We've got some designs. kind of busy for us. The next six weeks are kind of insane for but us. But we have some designs yeah. in the hopper ready to go. And so we'll we'll launch them right after Halloween. So if you want to buy one for the holiday, we will have it. So this is the one that we've been asked mostly. And different people has asked this. Once we're done Midsummer Murders, what show are you going to be recapping after that? We need more Mark and Sarah. And oh <laughs> Thank boy. Thank you. That's nice of you. You're, you're, you're very nice of you. We're definitely going to be continuing after Midsummer Murders. Uh, but the show's going to change slightly in ways I think will broaden our audience and still keep you guys. Yeah, we're thinking and any new mur- any new Midsummer Murders episodes will we'll we'll, cover. We'll have new Midsummer Maniacs episodes, but we'll be more like mystery maniacs. Yes, so we can broaden out a little bit. I think I, I just cannot thank all of you so much. This has just been a blast. I, you know, I was kind of uh, we were worried that this would be the party that no one would show up for, and in fact. That's the opposite. The newsletter has been a huge success. We'll have a new newsletter coming out on, let's see, the first Wednesday in October Mm -hmm. is the 6th. So we'll have a new newsletter coming out the 6th of October. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, go to midsummermaniacs.transistor.fm or midsummermaniacs.com and sign up and we will send you a newsletter on that day. Uh, I had people emailing me going, I didn't get my newsletter. I need to get the newsletter. I'm like, wow, okay. That's excellent. It's important. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm You're doing business. I'm cracking up because people are saying, do more car and plane impersonations. <laughs> Fart car. You guys are so great. Oh, and the other question I saw was, how many hours a week do we spend doing this? Um I probably spend about four hours a week. Mark spends a whole lot more because he does all of the editing and he manages all of our social channels and posts the episodes and does all the technical stuff. So you you probably spend twice that. Probably. Probably eight uh, hours no, a week, something like that. I, I have it pretty streamlined now. Yeah. I do a great job. At but you do something a little bit every day. Yeah. The newsletter out and answering emails yeah. and yeah. Wow, guys, I, I can't express how awesome this has been this has been so fun Lexa, thank you all if you so didn't much get your newsletter just send me an email i'll get i'll i'll, I'll email you back and make sure we'll that fix you, you up yeah yeah thank you very much once again you guys uh, the love that we get from you guys is just fantastic and the love that you give each other is really meaningful to us yeah you know we've had people say that 
the last two years has been made easier because of what we've been doing. And it's certainly made our last two years easier. If we made it that even just that little bit easier, we're so glad we did it. Um, But it's really the community. It's you guys for each other. It's so awesome. Absolutely fantastic. And so we have to end the show with... (laughs) (laughs) Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. We love you. There are currently 31 people waiting.